Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Glad to see it's Friday, so we're getting ready for the weekend. And there's been a lot of news going on this week, and you kind of wonder what's going on. You heard about, uh, I guess Trump wanted his his witnesses. Letitia James was all upset about that. Can't do that. No, 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 no. You can't have your expert witnesses. And Angeron kind of ruled in favor of Trump and against Letitia. Kind of, sort of. He didn't want to. I'm he sure didn't he didn't want, want to. to. There's a well, lot of things going on with Angeron. Did you hear about his wife? No, I haven't uh, heard about his, that. They went to his wife's Facebook page or his, no, her ex page or Twitter page. And she has on her, I guess, apparently a lot of anti-Trump posts that she's had up mm-hmm. for a long time. So she's very, 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 very anti-Trump. Which you would think that by itself would dis, would have Angeron recuse himself because his wife is mm. uh, almost a maniacal when it comes to how she doesn't like Trump. Also, you, did you hear about, uh, did you, we talked about this, I think, about the pictures of uh, Angeron? Yeah, the naked pictures, yeah. <laughs> the naked pictures. This is a judge, folks. This is a judge who is hearing one of Trump's cases. Got a wife who is a uh, big partisan anti-Trumper, and also there's pictures of Engeron that he's posted of himself admiring his own physique. Now look, that's great. If he's 16, he's got a physique, and he's proud of it. That's wonderful. Maybe keep it between you and that Trump-hating wife of yours, and not post him on uh, like Facebook because a lot of us don't care about your physique. But this mm. this guy is uh, he's got issues. And he shouldn't be uh, judging Trump in this case. At least that's my humble opinion. Uh, well, you it. know, how is he sixty? Really? I'm thinking he's. Pro- I know. I have. I have no idea. I haven't seen any uh, date. He may be sixty-five. For all I know, I mean, yeah, he, he's, I he, say he looks. Yeah, I don't think he looks that young, Bill. I don't think he is. No, he doesn't. He looks. Pretty, I was going to say, if he's sixty, that's. Well, I don't know. I shouldn't judge an age. Could people? He could be seventy. Know. For all I know, you know. Yeah. And if he's 70 and he has a bill like that, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, I'm sure I can get his number if you want to date. No, no, I'm no. Kidding. I don't. No, no. I mean, I admire the fact that he's kept in shape. You know, I I, uh, I haven't had that uh, that kind of luck in my life, you know. Anyway, uh, other things going on. Did you hear that they were talking to uh, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton do a show uh, uh, middays uh, around, around the country syndicated. Actually, actually, they're the guys who literally f- took the place of Rush, you know, on the EIB network. Right. So it, yeah. even even though like Dan Bongino is on at the same time, uh, it's Clay Travis and, and Buck Sexton who were the heirs to the Rush Limbaugh seat, so to speak. Anyway, they had President Trump as a guest uh, yesterday, and Clay Travis asked President Trump an interesting question. Here's how it went. Would you consider Tucker Carlson on your VP list? Oh, I wow. want to give you a hypothetical here. You're a big sports fan. You know, like Nick Saban's going to retire at some point. And if you talk to the athletic director at Alabama, he would say he has a list. So would Tucker Carlson be on your list of potential VPs? And how many names might be on that list as you sit and look and survey the political field? Well, first of all, you know, I did my first, uh, you could call it counter-programming, but I, I won't call it that. 
But uh, Tucker wanted to do an interview during the first debate. And I think you know, because this is what your business is, we broke every record. Monster audience. In history, yeah. I think it just hit over 300 million people. But it was for that evening, over 207 million. It then got to 275 within a day or two. And the biggest ever was Oprah's interview with Michael Jackson, which was 125 million. So we almost doubled it. Now, who would have thought that was going to happen? The debate, the last debate they had, had the lowest audience in the history of presidential debates. I don't know if you know it. And I think the one tonight is not, it's on tonight. And yeah. I don't even talk about it. Would you consider it's, it's Tucker, though, that they based on the I numbers? like Tucker a lot. I guess I would. I think I'd say I would because he's got great common sense. You know, when they say that you guys are conservative or I'm conservative, it's not that we're conservative. We have common sense. We want to have safe borders. We want to have a wall because walls work. You know what, Ron, I used to say about walls? I'd say wheels and walls. Everything changes. Uh, the computer that you have in front of you in about a month from now will be totally obsolete. Right now you have the finest equipment in the world. And in about a month from now, that equipment will be obsolete. The only two things for centuries that's not obsolete are wheels and walls, right? <laughs> so, good. No, when you think about yeah. it, right? It yeah. wheels, a wheel will always be a wheel. It's never going to change. And a wall will always be a wall. And, and walls work. work. And, no, no, walls work. Remember when they were saying they were walls saying don't, don't work. work. Yeah. Remember walls? Oh, yeah. Joe Biden's got a wall at his beach house, by the way. Yeah, and he does. And by the way, uh, there are a lot of other walls. Nancy Pelosi has a wall also. And if she didn't have a wall, of course, it didn't work that well yeah. with respect to the husband. But, you know, you generally speaking, it would work. <laughs> You know, I was thinking, uh, I like Clay, uh, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. I like Dan Bongino. They both do shows in the t- same time slot as, as Rush. But I think combined, if you took both those shows and combined, I don't think they have the audience that Rush had. I think no, Ru- I, I think, think Rush so. still uh, is one of these guys that uh, he, he'll be hard. He's hard to replace. You know, he, he, had, a, uh, he had a very... One-on-one personal relationship with his audience. They they really weren't radio celebrities. The uh, I mean, he re- he really wasn't a radio celebrity. Uh, he was more like your friend, and mm. you expected to hear from your friend every day between twelve and three. And uh, you know that's how he that was the relationship that he had. Whereas the other guys now, uh, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton. They're still kind of uh, earning their position, so to speak. You know, they're they're doing their best and they're doing a good job, but um, they're not rush. You know, I I think Dan Bongino well, is very real. Have you listened to Dan's show? Yeah, I have. And uh, my my point I'm going to make is that Dan is Dan. Rush was Rush, and you can't sit there and replace Rush because. No. He was Rush, and you shouldn't try to. Uh, the best thing you can do is go in and be yourself. Are you going to agree with everything that Rush did? Hell no. Would he agree with everything you'd do? Hell no. But, you know, the fact that you can appreciate each other's opinion, because, and Trump may have just said it right there in that little piece where he sat there and said, you know, uh, you know, when he broke it down to, you know, we have good values mm-hmm. and we're you know we have common sense yeah and that's what it really gets down to it doesn't matter about democrat republican it does to a democrat right now ah it's about it's about our democracy democrats democrats no it's not it's about 
simple American values and common sense. And that has, that's not red or blue, that's red, white, and blue. Yeah. You see where uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has introduced privileged articles of impeachment uh, against the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas? Yeah, I saw they're going to, I guess, work on that next week. Yeah. Apparently, privilege means it has to, it has to uh, be taken up by the legislature within two days of it being introduced. So I guess that'll be like Monday if they introduced it yesterday. Uh, yeah. Well, unless they do something over the weekend. Yeah, that, which could happen. But uh, I would think it's a no-brainer. All you, you see, the reason why she did it was two of her constituents in Georgia were in a car driving along the border. I guess they were in Texas, minding mm-hmm. their own business. There was a high-speed uh, car chase between some uh, human traffickers and uh, the Border Patrol, I guess, or either that or it was the Texas State Police. I'm not sure exactly which one, but uh, they went out of control and they hit those people head on, the people from Georgia who were minding their own business, and they were killed, husband and wife, gone. And that was that was the point too far for Marjorie Taylor Greene and that's what made her uh, introduce that uh, piece of legislature. I think that it's long overdue. I think mm-hmm. Mayorkas, I mean, you could have introduced this thing a year ago. Just look at the damn border. You know, he was going he was going down there. He was saying again and again he was saying this. Is our border secure? Our border is secure. Border is secure because we are maximizing our resources to deliver the most effective results to our border with the most extraordinary workforce in the world. The border is not open. It has not been open and it will not be open subsequent to May 11th. What a liar, huh? What a blatant, blatant liar. Stock answers, though, you know, Mm. and, uh, you know, He's giving you all the PowerPoints and everything, but they mean nothing if you're doing nothing. And that's what it was. It was yeah. just words spoken to make you feel like, or they thought it made you feel like, oh, yeah, I'm doing a job. Just like uh, uh, Green Jean Pierre, who sits there, well, the president's done everything he can to secure the border. The oh. border is secure. He hasn't done a damn thing except it, to eat ice cream. It, it, you're absolutely correct. And she, she's infuriating. She's infuriating. She she will say as if we don't have access to video from the border, right? It's She talks like we're idiots. The president has done his darndest to protect the border. He has done more than any president in the history. Oh, yay, yay. But if you read everything that somebody that's a true liberal or Democrat, they believe, you know, power to them, what they're, what they're saying but they also like to throw out names. I saw somebody posting the other day about uh, uh, misogynist or, you know, the, the characteristics and everything. Mm-hmm. And all the traits obviously pointing to, to Trump and trying to paint all the MAGA people into it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, actually, what you're doing, it's like that numbskull that's out there going, I'm going to go out and stain the deck, honey. I'm out here, you know, staining the deck. And all of a sudden... Ends up in a corner going, son of a gun, how do I get my, I painted myself into a corner. <laughs> Democrats are doing You've that. You've seen me work trying. on my deck. <laughs> yes, I have. 
Yeah. I only say it because I did it once. But anyway, <laughs> that's what they're doing. They're sitting there and they're calling names. It's like Hillary's getting flack for, you know, trying to equate Trump to Nazism and everything else. Well, wait a minute, Hillary. You know, why don't you take a good look in the mirror? Maybe you're the Nazi. Mm. Maybe you're the this and maybe you're the that. They like to throw names out there and then they like to make fun of, you know, the, the right gun. Well, you know, we don't see why they don't see what we see because they're stupid and they don't know how to read, and that's why they follow Trump. You're going to see who's on our side when they take a vote for this guy in Mayorkas. You're going to see who's really on our side. And if you find that there are Republicans who vote not to have him impeached, well, then they, they have to be replaced. They have to be voted out of office because they're not on our side. They wear our badges. They look like us. They stand in our corner. They're posers. Yeah, they're exactly, exactly right. They are posers. And uh, posers don't have your values. They don't have your back. They mm-hmm. don't do what you would think that they're supposed to do. Hey, what do you think about Manchin saying that he's, that's done, he's done? I'm, Boy, I got, I got, I got uh, mixed thoughts on that. I, he's not going to run for Senate again. That's what Bill's talking about. He right. said he's done. And it. I don't feel terribly heartbroken because he was always a major disappointment to me. He tried to present himself as a middle-of-the-road Democrat. But yet when push came to shove, he always voted on the side of the left, the left-left. You know, he he would talk about, well, I'm going to hold back my vote. I'm going to think about this for a while because it's for the good of the state and the country. He talked like that. And then— well, I've reconsidered my vote, and I'm going to vote with the president, meaning Biden. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, well, so, what do you think? You get, well, I don't know. I was wondering is is it uh, is it camouflage for a run at a different office? Well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, like the governorship. Know, well, a governorship. Oh, or maybe, wait a second. Maybe even higher. Wait, pull over to the side of the road. I think I know where you're going with this. You are implying that he may be running for the presidency. Or vice presidency. There's there's a hmm. Republican rhino, and for all practical terms, he's a Democrat rhino. So, you know, rhinos probably mingle together. So hmm. what would a... What would a um, well, I mean, a Democrat... A mi- I don't think you can be a Democratic rhino, because it stands for... Republican in name only. <laughs> so it would be a well, dino. Right, 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 it would be a right, dino. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you get a rhino and a dino together. Uh, and you get a dino. You get a dino. Don't even. I don't think you have to work uh, too hard with that. No. <laughs> but if you had a Romney, yeah. uh, you know, and, uh, you know, get him together, what, what kind of ticket would that be? Would that be a. Confusing? That would be a. That would be a. Uh, 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 I think a useless ticket because I don't think they would, have a snow, they would have a snowball's chance in Hades. I think it's more likely, seriously, I think that Joe is going to be withdrawn. I think the Democrats are going to say, Joe, you cannot, you really, the, 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 right. poll, the polls show you're doing poorly. Uh, you are, it's, a, it's just getting to be too much for you. It, it, we see it in the way you carry yourself. For the betterment of the party, we are going to suggest vehemently that you not run for the presidency. Still, it'll be his decision, but I think they'll talk him out of it. I do think that Manchin, you know, he's a younger guy. He, even if he's a, a phony, 
he has presented himself as a moderate, a thoughtful moderate. He, I think you might see him running for the presidency. That's what I was thinking. And if he did, um, you know, the Democrats, they'll sit there and maybe they can sit there and get behind this guy mm-hmm. and say, well, you know what? He may not get the numbers we want, but we know how to make the numbers happen. You know, push come to shove. Uh it would be easy to it would be easy for them to paint the picture of a landslide that's not really there. Well, uh, I don't think he's leaving the uh, playing field. I think he's just changing position. You know, so I, and I think. Oh that yeah, yeah. I do think that Justice, who the guy who was endorsed by Trump, uh, the polls have him beating Manchin for the uh, the Senate seat. That's why Manchin's pulling out. As a matter of fact, Trump even wrote a uh, a truth um, message along those lines. Congratulations to uh, I think his name is Jim Justice or James. Anyway, the, his last name is Justice. He's the governor right now of West Virginia. I guess he was um, he's running for the Senate, and I guess the polls have him a, ahead of Mansion. So I guess Mansion figured, look at instead of getting trounced by an upstart, I say an upstart, a, a guy who. Uh, is, is running to have him moved out, I'll just gracefully leave the position, make it look like it was my decision not to be and the do senator. do something else. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, he'll, he'll, yeah, he'll still have his votes and other votes that he can garnish out there. So it's interesting what he's doing. That's you hear sure. about Marsha Blackburn? Uh, uh, listen to this. Marsha Blackburn, during a committee hearing, announced that, and this is amazing. I don't know why this hasn't been done a year ago, but hey, Better late than never. During a committee hearing, announced that she will uh, file a subpoena demanding the release of flight logs associated with the late financier. I like how they say that. I would I would say the the late sex pedophile uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, I got a six minute piece here from Marsha Blackburn, but it's worth listening to how she presented herself. Uh, she I always liked her. I always liked Marsha Blackburn. Uh, she has um, she has courage. She has she mm. she and convictions. And uh, this is gonna go over like a lead balloon in some circles out there. There are some people who thought, well, I'm glad they didn't release those flight logs. Whew. Now they're gonna be releasing the flight logs. Whoa, Mr. You, Chairman, Senator. I seek recognition. Senator Blackburn. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I think we all know what this is about. And uh, you all have been after Justice Thomas. We are fully aware of this. And I I think that um, the whole charade is truly disgusting. Now, if we go back to the Dobbs leak, and I'm one of those, I'd like to know who the leaker is. And I'd like to know why they did it. But since that leak... Our Supreme Court justices, especially Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Barrett, they have been subjected to threats on their lives. Their families have been subjected to threats on their lives. And yet, this is what you and Senator Whitehouse are choosing to focus on, is a discrediting of the court. And we know what this is about. We should be talking about protections for the court. I I think that 
it appears that what you're doing is you're going after them because right now you don't agree with some of the decisions that are coming out of the court. So instead of letting them exercise and fulfill their jobs, what they're required to do, what are you doing? You're going after a way to delegitimize the court as an institution. Tennesseans know this. We see it. But, you know, Senator Graham mentioned Justice Sotomayor. Now, this summer, what we learned was that over the years, her staff has pressured public institutions to buy her books. And these books and her book deals have earned her $4 million. And I haven't heard you mention that. None of you have mentioned that. You don't want to talk about that. Nor have you mentioned the fact that she refused to recuse herself from not one but two copyright infringement cases concerning her book publisher. You clearly don't want to talk about that one either. So I have filed an amendment issuing a subpoena to Justice Sotomayor's staff who helped to sell her books as well as to her book publisher so we can fully understand the backstory of these deals. And since we're in the business of issuing subpoenas now, here are a few more that I filed. A subpoena to Jeffrey Epstein's estate to provide the flight logs for his private plane. Given the numerous allegations of human trafficking and sexual abuse surrounding Mr. Epstein, I think it is very important that we identify everybody that was on that plane and how many trips they took on that plane and the destinations to which they arrived. I've also filed a subpoena authorizing Secretary Becerra to come before this committee and explain to us how HHS and the Office of Refugee Resettlement has lost track of 85,000 children. In addition, I filed a subpoena to compel the Biden DOJ to provide all documentation about their disastrous decision to terminate the successful China initiative. That was a program that was critical to targeting and prosecuting Chinese spies in America. Next, we've got to get to the bottom of the far left's effort to take down President Trump. That's why I filed a subpoena for all documents relating to any political donations and participation by special counsel Robert Mueller's staff. And let's talk about the two tiers of justice that we're all seeing in the Biden administration. This administration loves to talk about misinformation, but they clearly have the goal of censoring conservative speech online. In the latest example of this, DOJ, on behalf of the FTC, filed a privacy and securities practices suit against Twitter. So I think we need to get to the bottom of President Biden's efforts to silence Elon Musk. 
That's why I filed a subpoena to compel DOJ and the FTC to provide all documents related to the investigation of Elon Musk. So, Mr. Chairman, I think there are real issues that we should be talking about, social media and the way it's destroying our kids' lives. Wall Street Journal has an article in on this today. Our southern border is wide open. It is a vulnerability. The president's administration has lost track of 85,000 children. The world is on fire. But what you have chosen to do is to launch an assault on the legitimacy of the Supreme Court. If you want to take up our time and go there, Mr. Chairman, we can all go there. I think this is a sad day for this committee and for the confidence that the American people would like to have in our institution and in this prestigious committee. Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. Boy, the guys on the left probably say said yesterday, boy, she woke up on the wrong side of the bed. <laughs> Holy smokes. She yeah. took out her subpoena notepad, and she was ripping those things off. Uh, I think it's, it's uh, about time some of those things were looked into. Don't you? Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, yeah, they're going, boy, who tinkled in her Wheaties? Well, you did, and uh, now yeah. she's feeding it, she's serving it back to you. Yep. How does it taste? Uh, is that a good, nice she, breakfast? She is, she is uh, doing what a lot of other senators should have done a long time ago. long time ago. Uh, she's going after a lot of different people. That's sort of my or thing. I don't know whether you're aware of this or not. She wrote a book. While she has been Supreme Court justice, I don't think that's illegal, but like when she goes to speak at a, at a venue somewhere, she will make sure that the venue knows that she's bringing along copies of her book. I mean, by the box load. And I think how it, they do it, and this is what I heard on another program, is her people force the venue to buy those boxes of books. Up front, not, uh, you know, she doesn't go there and have her people sell and see how it goes. Uh, they buy the boxes of books. She makes a bundle off of the venue, not just for the fee, but for the books that she's bringing. And uh, and she's four, $4 million from the sale of her book. I don't even, I've never heard of her book. You know, I don't know a lot of people who have. Yet she's made a ton of money off the book. You know, so I guess Marsha Blackburn wants to know, uh, where did this idea come from? And uh, do you think this is legal? Do you think you should be doing this as a Supreme Court justice? And this Jeffrey Epstein thing, holy smokes. Anybody who flew on that airplane has got to have, uh, what do they say in Italian, agita? Hey, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, well, uh, they got to be nervous. I, they got to be nervous. Yeah, well, if I were one of those people in that state, I would probably sit there and say, all right, we got to re- release the Kraken. Call Hillary. Uh, because because they're either going to call Hillary or, or Obama, one well, of the two. Speaking of Hillary, she's a nervous wreck now. You know, yeah. she, she's come out and she's been on these talk shows like The View and she's She's saying that Trump is going to become a dictator and he's going to have all these people arrested. And she's talking about herself, folks. She's, you know. she's jealous of Trump. 
I mean, is she in a quasi quasi way still running for the uh, 2017 election? Well, she, you know, she's an election denier, but not about the 2020 election. She's an election denier about the 2016 election. She still thinks mm-hmm. that she should have been president way back then. Well, it was promised to her, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, she didn't get her promise. So she wants it, yeah. Which I, you know, I guess from her point of well, view, she how, deserves it. She how would you promised. like to be everybody at the uh, at the Clinton headquarters in New York on uh, election night, twenty sixteen? They literally had barges in the Hudson set All up, ready to go with, with fireworks. fireworks set up. They had bleachers. They were they had the party ready to ready to rumble. It was going to be fantastic. It was going. And then all of a sudden, things started to slow down on the vote count on her side. And about as, as late as 9 o'clock at night, all the prognosticators on television were saying, oh, this is still Hillary's to lose. Uh, no matter how the turnout seems to be, I'm still confident that uh, she'll be the next president of the United States. This is what they were saying as late as 9 o'clock that night. And then they got quiet. And then things started to change. And uh, even President Trump, I think, was a little surprised, but he dusted off his suit. And uh, by about 2.30 in the morning, she, you know, if you'll remember, she refused to concede. She just couldn't. As a matter of fact, when it was that time that she had to admit it wasn't hers, she didn't go down to Trump. She didn't go out and make a statement in front of her crowd. She had somebody else do it. I forgot who it was, but she had like her her campaign manager. Uh, You go down and uh, speak to the crowd. She kind of disappeared for a while, too, because she couldn't accept the defeat. And she did not want to face her crowd, which, you know, I would the first thing I would have done is say, hey, we fought a good fight. We lost. Well, that's because you're dignified and that's because you're a nice person. (laughs) <laughs> you know, she she does have a very nice throwing arm. Uh, you can ask Bill. Uh, she's very, very good, for example, with oh, ashtrays. Ashtrays? Yeah, she oh, can, yeah. oh, yeah. She can knock a guy out. Oh, from from at yeah. least 90 feet. Yeah. Ask ask another Bill Clinton. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That Bill yeah. Clinton. He got nailed. He got nailed with an ashtray. Of course, they didn't admit it, but insiders said no. Uh, It was an ashtray that she threw when she was angry. So you don't want to get her angry. She had a personal friend there that was a personal witness. There was a a line that I heard supposedly attributed to Trump that night, which said that he'd be happy to buy uh, the fireworks uh, for uh, pennies on the (laughs) dollar. For pennies on the dollar. That uh, I don't think she would have sold it to him. But uh, uh, that was an interesting night. And, you know, people say, well, he lost in 2020, and a lot of us think he didn't. Mm-hmm. But uh, they had the system better prepared for uh, a massive turnout. You know, they, they had enough votes to be able to fudge it, if you know what I'm talking about. But based upon the polls right now, if he continues going the way he's going, and he's promoting, he's telling everybody it's got to be massive. It's got to be massive this time. And it looks like it's going to be massive, the turnout for oh, him. Oh, yeah. And if he has a massive, massive turnout, then one of two things are going to happen. They're going to overwhelm the system, and there's just there'll be just too many votes for them to make up, you know, 
if they it, and if they do make it up, if they do suddenly uh, beat Trump by a thousand votes or something, it will be obvious to anybody who's looking at that point that it's it's rigged. You know. Yeah. The one thing that Trump is doing, and uh, you can call it whatever you want, he's redefining how voting works, and the fact that he's going, no, we got to make it massive. We've got to overwhelm. And let's just say it keeps going the way it's going, and he walks in by, uh, you know, a landslide, maybe, you know, 70, 80% of the vote, 90%. Boy, 90%. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, you walk in with all of that. What's the next election going to do to top that? Well, that'll be an interesting one because technically he won't be running. So it'll be. Two yeah. newcomers to the presidency, and it'll be a different uh, type of election, the one in 28. But uh, the one in 24 is going to be, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, they talked oh, yeah. to, they talked with uh, Rona Romney McDaniel. She's oh, yeah, the uh, okay. chairman yeah, of the Republican Party, and uh, she was on with Dana Bash on CNN. And uh, Dana Bash said, hey, you know, they were talking about you up there on the stage. Uh, uh, how did it feel? Uh, do you, here's what she said. Listen. Vivek Ramaswamy tonight called out Republican National Committee Chair Ronna McDaniel on the party's bad electoral performance over the years. Quoting him now, he said, we've become a party of losers at the end of the day. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. He said, we got trounced last night in 2023, and I think we have to have accountability in our party. Again, that was Vivek Ramaswamy earlier tonight. I spoke with Rhonda McDaniel about it just a few moments ago. I have to ask you first about what Vivek Ramaswamy said. He went after you personally. He did. I'm not going to do that. I'm always going to focus on the Democrats. I will say this, Dana. This Republican on Republican infighting, I'm not running for president, so I'm not in this primary, isn't helping our party. We lost races in 2022 because of vitriol within our party. We need every Republican and then some to win elections. And the Republican voters want to hear us talk about the border, fentanyl, Israel, our kids, crime, inflation, and they want to see us take on Joe Biden. I understand that, but he it, he was criticizing you personally, but he was also criticizing the notion of having a debate with somebody other than a conservative media outlet. I stand by our choice to go with a, a non-conservative media outlet. I think NBC did a great job. Hugh Hewitt and Salem Radio, a conservative outlet, was part of that. But I'll also say this. 42% of our country is independent. We're not going to win elections if we sit in an echo chamber of Republican of Republican media and don't talk to other voters about these issues. Tonight, people, maybe for the first time, watching NBC heard that 75,000 people died of fentanyl last year. Maybe they learned things about our party that they hadn't heard and took a look at one of our candidates and said, maybe I'm going to vote for them. That's what we have to do as a party. And if you can't take a tough question, then you probably shouldn't be running for president. I have to ask you about what happened yesterday. Yes. Uh, one in Mississippi, but had a tough loss in Kentucky. Uh, Virginia lost both houses of the state legislature in a, in a night where 
Republicans thought maybe you would sweep. Uh, and of course, in Ohio, lost the uh, the measure that allowed for abortion to happen as part of the Constitution. Yeah, I mean, the RNC is a federal committee, so we're House, Senate, presidential, so we're not as involved in but, state but races. Said, I totally but I'll, get I'll give you a, a feel what I think. And Dana, you've heard me say this on your show. Many of the candidates in those races were being pummeled with advertising, lying about their stance on abortion, and they did not respond. And if you do not respond, a lie becomes the truth. Our candidates need to be conversant and able to get on TV and articulate where they stand on abortion and talk about other things. But if a lie is coming against you to the tune of $30 million and you sit silent, that lie becomes the truth. I've been saying this since before 2022. Many of the consultants in our party are saying, don't talk about it, ignore it. If you watch the Virginia ads, it was abortion, abortion by the Democrats, crime, crime from, from the Republicans. And we're going to need to talk about this issue because women across this country care about this issue. I know this because I'm a suburban woman. What was interesting about Virginia was that the governor, Glenn Youngkin, tried to do what you're describing right now. Talk about it in a way that uh, he thought would be more reasonable for suburban women, uh, having limits on abortion but not an outright ban. And it didn't work. But there wasn't a lot of TV on that. If you look at the numbers, you've got to put a lot of money behind your message to let the voters know where you stand. If, if I were running, I would say, listen, the Democrats are going to try and define me. Let me tell you where I stand. I'm, I'm pro-life, but I do think we should have common sense limitations when a baby feels pain. And we should talk about that as a country. Where do the Democrats stand? What is their exception? When is their point that they won't have an abortion? Gender selection, nine months. We need to have this conversation. But let me tell you it from me instead of from the Democrats. That did not happen in many of these races. Define yourself before the Democrats define you. You need money to and do you that. You need money to do that. They, money was not an issue in Virginia. So then what happened? It's a choice as to how you advertise. And I am saying this as a suburban woman, one of the few in leadership in our party that's been saying this for two years. We have to address this issue. And you can't just ignore it and think you can run crime ads and ignore this issue. One last question. Uh, the person not here is yeah. the one to, uh, polling far and ahead away from anybody else who is on the debate stage. Um, do you have any indication that he will show up at any of the debates that you put on? I don't. You know, President Trump, as the former president, is is leading very, very well in the polls. And he feels like he shouldn't have to come debate, and that's part of his strategy. Uh, but I know he will debate uh, the Democrat, uh, Joe Biden, if he's the nominee. He's open to debates. He's never been afraid of debates, but that's part of what his strategy has been through this primary process. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. It. Thanks for having me, Dan. You know, uh, she's probably a very nice person personally, but uh, I don't think she has any business being the head of the Republican Party. No. And, and, and I'll tell you, from my experience in media, in broadcasting over decades, um, the stations that were number one always presented themselves as number one. And also, the stations that were vying for number one, like really close, they did too. They they didn't say we're number two, but we're trying to be number one. Because, because audiences like to yeah, be with— we they try like, harder. They like to be with strength. They like to be mm. with winners, okay? And uh, she said, well, we have 40% of this and we don't have. No, no, no. You're the Republican Party. Be proud. Uh, you had, uh, you have one of the strongest candidates in the history of uh, 
elections ever, Trump in your party, uh, you have a lot of strength to point to. Don't talk about your weaknesses, Rona. Talk about your strength. If, if you are weak in anything, you're weak in marketing your party. That's well, she doesn't know anything about marketing. She doesn't know about the ladder of the mind to get up to the pinnacle there. But, you know, she's there, and we're stuck with her until somebody, you know, uh, has a light bulb go off going, we need to make a change there. And We tried to need- about a year ago, and uh, I forgot who the other candidate was, but she was, uh, I think, more. Oh, it was, it was Harmeet Dillon. Harmeet mm-hmm. Dillon, an attorney, she was the candidate. She was running against uh, Rona Romney McDaniel. And and Harmeet Dillon had some really good, uh, interesting things she, that she was talking about bringing to the position. But, you know, it's a political job. And I don't, it's not voted on by the party. It's voted on by delegates, I guess. And, uh, she couldn't yeah, win them the deck, over. Yeah, the deck is stacked. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like uh, being the speaker of the house. And by the way, my opinion there mm-hmm. uh, with what's going on. I mean, I'm glad they're moving forward, uh, but you know, I don't know that we're going to keep a Republican Congress because of the way that they're being portrayed and and the things that have gone on. Um, you know, Republicans got to get their act together. We need a speaker who is. Speaking to the public, you know, so far from what I see, even though I I wasn't crazy about McCarthy, McCarthy was speaking to the public more than Johnson. Johnson, Johnson has kind of stepped away now and all right, what are you doing and what can we expect? Because he's been attacked and he doesn't know how to handle the attack. And therein lies, you know, the, the problem for him. You know, yeah. back to uh, Rana and uh, the the Republican Party and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the debate the other night. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what, they had blockbuster ratings. You know, the first one they had, what, 13 million, then it oh, went down big. to 9.5 yeah. million. Yeah. And uh, now it's 7.5 million. Well, they said actually, uh, they think, based upon the size of the crowd at the Trump rally, you know, that the viewership on uh, television must, for his rally, would might have been bigger than the viewership for the for the debate. Oh, I guarantee it was because if you're only looking at 7.5 million, uh, there's two things uh, that I would draw from that. The debate is over. The, you don't need any more debates. The America has chosen, and it ain't those candidates, so they may as well just go ahead and throw in the towel now and walk away with dignity and get behind whomever they're going to get behind uh, and, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? The guy I like to make fun of, uh, Chris Christie, Chris Christie. Yes. He needs to go buy a bag of donuts and, cry you know, I think he should be the spokesperson for uh crispy cream. It'll be Chris no, Christie for Chris. Chris- no, it'll be Chris Christie for crispy cream. <laughs> it's, it, it flows. It's a rhyme, yeah. it sort of flows off your, your lips, you know? Uh, yeah, blows off the little yeah. lips and right down into his belly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, true. He is uh, Jelly Roll. He, he should have taken the name Jelly Roll. There are guys that uh, on that stage who have people, not guys, there are people who have done uh, irreparable damage to their reputations because of their position, their stance. I think Chris Christie, he's done. I mean, in the mm-hmm. eyes of uh, the, the electorate, yeah. he's done. He is... Uh, 
he all he's done is badmouth Trump. I don't think he could run for governor of New Jersey again. I think people no. wouldn't wouldn't vote for him for there. I think uh, Nikki Haley. I think she has damaged her reputation generally. Um, she has a segment that follows her, but uh, there's a uh, for the most part, I think she's history. If Trump is president, I wouldn't look for Nikki Haley being on any uh, you know cabinet position or ambassadorship. I think she's effectively uh, destroyed her relationship with President Trump. I mm. think I think Ron DeSantis. Um, I don't know. I don't think he ever expected to be uh, on Trump's cabinet. So, uh, and I don't think he will be the vice presidential choice because he has been too negative to, to Trump. But I do yeah. think there are people like, I think Vivek Ramaswamy could end up being on the cabinet in some cabinet position. He's a smart guy. He, he didn't really attack Trump. He always uh, promoted his decision. I think Tim Scott... Uh, he doesn't have a chance to win, but I think he has a chance to be on the cabinet because he never attacked Trump personally either. No, you know he talked about what he could do in a position, not what. There's a time and a place to attack, and right now, when you've got a candidate that you're trying to either get on his ticket or take him out, mm -hmm. uh, and they're sitting there with seventy, eighty percent, you don't attack them. You've got to show how you're. You're you're good or better than, you know, and and not be, you know, because people have made their choice. Yeah. They love Trump. They want what Trump. They want what they had with Trump, that was made by the Democrats to be really rotten and foul. It was pretty damn good. I mean, right now where we are, are we are? Is your is your dollar going as far as it did before? Oh my and God. It's really amazing. When every, Joe came every, in. everything that Joe has done, he has screwed up everything. Well, think about this. You know, they were they were saying, well, after the pandemic, everybody's making more money. Everybody's making more money. Now they're making less money. Yeah. So it, how did that work out? But the prices have gone way up. You know, it, we're in the verge of a massive war in uh, the Middle East. Well, we're that, not even talking about that. We well, have it just now. It's amazing. People don't talk about it. Do you realize that uh, Hezbollah and uh, people on the Hamas, side of Hamas have attacked military bases in Syria 41 times, at least 41 yeah. times. I think we responded like four times or three times. And we've, well, gone, we've, we've gone after non-occupied uh, targets. You know, we've gone after like uh, ammo dumps and things like that, not after barracks where people are, you know, and and now uh, people are starting to say, "Hey, enough is enough. You've mm -hmm. you've hit us forty-one times. Let's let's get serious with a response." Yeah. You know, Hamas. Well, there's a lot of stories with Hamas, but let's let's take a look at uh, what happened. And well, you take the Washington. What is it? Uh, the in New York is it the the Post? Yeah, the Washington uh, Post, New York Post. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, but how about the New York Times? That's the one I'm talking about. New York Times. Uh, there are, um, I'm making sure I got the newspaper right here. Cause are you talking about the, uh, the embedded reporter who was with Hamas? Who, well, uh, no, what I'm talking about is the uh, New York times office, uh, which they're left leading paper. Mm -hmm. Uh, they got invaded last night, uh, by, uh, you know, pro, Hamas? uh, Palest uh, Palestinian, yeah. uh, people. They, they walked in and they took over the building. I don't know. They could still be there occupying but, you know, 
this is a left-leaning paper, but wow. you know, I've always... Wow, that's a big story. I, I didn't see that. That must have happened uh, well, overnight. Late last mm -hmm. night, about 8.30, something like that. It, it happened in the evening, so mm -hmm. it's just now hitting the thing. I, but, it, but it broke last night. I think you probably find it on Gateway Pundit there. Mm -hmm. You'll see it, and there might even be a video about it, but they're going, you are not sympathetic enough to the oh. Palestinians. And I'm a, I've always said liberalism, socialism, it, it's like... Crack. Is it the story yeah. about the Washington Post for, forced oh, to retract yeah. cartoon mocking? No, that's a different Hamas? story. Okay. Go down wow. a little bit further. Anti-Israel radicals marching in New York City tonight have surrounded and then infiltrated the offices of the New York Times. Whoa. <laughs> I don't have it on my, my uh, display, but that is a major story. I mean, yeah. here's, here's an, an, a left-leaning newspaper. No. It's a leftist newspaper. Uh, they are on the side of Hamas and Palestinians, and uh, it's not enough for them. Nope, they want more. Exactly. It's like I said, you know, liberalism, socialism is crack. It's mental crack, and you don't sit there. You you can't deal with that. You know, and you know. The, well, you know, I don't. I don't know where this is going, folks. Uh, when they start uh, raiding the New York Times, <laughs> that's pretty sad. Oh my God! These but it, no, it's right there. Mike, uh, maybe you uh, type in his name. Mike Le Lachance is the guy that wrote the story. But it came out last night uh, about eight forty. So this had to happen six thirty, seven o'clock, something like that. Yeah. you know, where because they, the marching was going on. But, but they uh, won't learn. There. They won't learn their lesson, mind you. The New York Times won't learn their lesson. They will continue to uh, lean hard left, okay? They will continue no matter what. Uh, they will dust off their desk and clean up the mess, and they'll continue to be the leftist newspaper that they always have been. Because um, that's what they do, you know? They're yeah. good at that. You see, we're, uh, speaking of, uh, we were talking about elections. Uh, I thought this is interesting. I like this guy. This guy, his name is Bernie Marcus. He's the uh, the founder, one of the founders of Home Depot. He's worth about uh, several billion dollars. He's 94 wow. years old, and he has just endorsed Donald Trump for the presidency. Uh, this is wow. not really a big surprise. Uh, he's he's been a Republican most of his life. He's a very he's a very um, common sense kind of guy. Here's what he wrote. I'm 94 years old, and like many of you, I'm exhausted by politics and saddened by what I see happening in America. I had hoped it was time for me to move to the sidelines and let younger generations continue the fight to preserve America's founding freedoms and values. But, like so many of us, I realized that I could not let myself walk away the stakes are just too high. And he goes on. You really should read what he wrote because it, it really is articulate and uh, common sense. He, you know, he's saying what he's saying is, look, at, I should be retired now. I'm, I'm 94 years old. I'm a billionaire. I don't need this. But I got to continue to participate because I can't leave this country, this America, to my grandchildren and great-grandchildren. It can't do it. I have a responsibility. But does he have enough time on the clock 
to significantly make a change. You got to try. Well, with, you got to really try. With several billion dollars, I think he can probably be in the time that he has allotted. He can do right. a lot more than uh, mm. the average guy. You know. Yeah. Uh, Bernie Marcus. So he's a he's a smart guy. I've seen him interviewed. He's for a guy who's ninety four. He's still very with it. Very sharp. Uh, and uh, he's all systems are still working. They're still going, you know. Right. Uh, so, and you know, when you were, when you're a multi billionaire, uh, you, you know, if you decide to back Trump, which he's doing, he's endorsing Trump. He, you got the money to back up your endorsement too. You know, all of a sudden, that's a big shot in the arm for right. uh, President Trump. You know, I get the feeling too. You ever get the impression that uh, with all these indictments against Trump? that maybe things are starting to turn in Trump's favor. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we talked a little bit early on in the show about uh, uh, Engeron and his wife and, you know, his problems. And Well, uh, it just seems like things are starting to go in the favor of Trump. Oh, I think so, too. Now, here's the thing about that story. I didn't really finish what I was you mm-hmm. know, saying, but Engeron... Uh, you know, he's allowing against uh, Letitia James' wishes uh, to let Trump have his, what is it, 127 witnesses, yeah. I think four or five are, yeah. are expert witnesses. But now don't laugh yet because yep. Angeron said, well, yeah, uh, you got to allow him. Uh, I got to allow the witnesses. Okay, now, uh, guys, uh, you have to color within the court's lines, all right? You have to color within the lines of our coloring book. And by the way, anything I've ruled on and already have an opinion on, you better not testify against. So in other words, it's still got a stacked deck. But you know what? If I were the, the lawyers for Trump, I would get the experts up there. I would ask every question I want to ask, forget about the rules and the lines for coloring, and -hmm. let the judge object. Oh, he said he will. Well, that's all. That's that's fine. It will still be on record. Let him be on record. And what that'll do, that'll uh, that'll be grounds to have that case thrown out the window. Yeah. With the judge tied to it. I think this guy, Ingeron, is a a looney tune. I mean, he would be. I wouldn't want to go into his court for a traffic violation. The guy's nuts. The guy's even. Do you remember the first day he's of the a case? Judge, he's a judge, and he posted semi or not naked pictures of yeah. himself to a school alumni rag that he heads up. I'd like to know. I'd really like to know when this guy was a youngster, a kid. Mm-hmm. Was he popular in school, or was he the the geek, the clown? You know the guy that was picked on. Oh, he might he have been a, a little, and, little fat kid or something like that. Now he's telling all his friends, "Look at, look at me now." You know, look at me now. I'm a judge. I can do whatever I want to. So don't <laughs> mess with me, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm Mr. Engeron, Judge Engeron. Yeah, Judge. Yeah. Well, know. we'll see how this works out for you, Judge. Judge you know, with a grudge. You know, when you first saw him in the first day of the uh, the trial, and he and he had that goofy grin. When the when he when he knew that the video camera was on him, and he and he kind of leaned in for the smile, like uh, here I am, finally, this is my day. That's it's, a guy uh, clamoring for attention because yeah. he's never had it. And but you think about Letitia, and you think about Angeron. If they trip Trump, and you know Trump is all of a sudden can't be president. Does you know so they they do something? 
they see this as a chance to go down in history. And either way, they're going to go down in history. Uh, and I'm hoping not in a good way. You know, you when know? I, I was thinking, you know, when I was working in New York on the radio at CBS, Engeron might have been a kid calling in for a request. And if I had, if I, if I knew what you'd only played that damn request, Jim. Well, if I played the request, he might have been a better kid. I don't know, but uh, anyway. But see, if I knew what he was going to become, I would have just hung up and gone to the next phone line. You know, Uh, Engeron. uh, He is. I'll get uh, to it right away. See you. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Right. Yeah. (laughs) Stick around. Don't go anywhere. It'll be coming up real soon. Coming Uh, up in minutes was my famous. (laughs) I'd look at the log and go. Yeah, song's coming up in three or four hours. Yeah, it's just minutes away. Hey, thanks Stick for around. calling. It's good to hear from you. Oh, I haven't heard yeah, that song really, in so I, you long. Know, I was waiting for your call. You, <laughs> know, <yeah. laughs> you know, one of the songs, that's his fault. This is good. One of the songs, um, which I at the time, I like the song now when I hear it as an oldie, but when I was playing it as a kid, Sugar, Sugar, by the, Sugar, Sugar by the Archies. Sugar. And dun, dun, I, can, dun, dun, I can remember dun, my program dun. managers, and I was saying, I hate this song every time. I mean, it's always being requested. My program director said, yeah, by the time you really hate it, the audience is just discovering well, it, which true. means that's you've true. got three or four months more of this song. I thought, oh, no. Yeah, but uh, anyway, it was a big song. And, of course, I like Ron Dante, the guy who's the lead singer. But uh, that's uh, neither here nor there. That's yeah, a, he's we, Canadian, isn't he? No, nah, he's, he's from New York. I think I New think York? Ron Donkey's oh, from New okay. York. I don't know. A lot of guys from um, from New York. You know, I could uh, be wrong. You know, I, I, I get these guys, uh, you know, all confused that did those bubblegum. Now songs, you got me Bob wondering. Cheese. You know, but I, I I'm a, a Facebook friend with Ron Dante. I should ask him where are you from. I think he's from New York. Uh, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. You're not listening to this program for musical information. Uh, Obviously, we don't have it. <laughs> did you see where this is interesting? Um, as a Catholic, I'm very disappointed big time in this, uh, the leader of the church, this, this pope. Uh, a lot of us are. A, a lot of Catholics uh, who are traditional. You know, Catholicism is nothing strange about it. I mean, a lot of people who mm-hmm. are Christian but not Catholic, they, they don't really understand Catholicism. I mean, it's, it's basically uh, a, a, a form of Christianity. It is Christianity. Right. That's, and um, but this guy who's the pope now, he got in through a strange way. He was in my lifetime the only pope that got into the position while the other pope was still alive. They literally mm-hmm. edged out Pope Benedict. They they shoved him into retirement and put this guy in the position of pope. And ever since he got into the position, he's been incredibly leftist. He's a socialist. Jesuit from uh, South America, I believe from Argentina, and um, he is more interested in being politically correct than being spiritually correct. And what he's doing is he's destroying a lot of the tenets of the faith. For example, uh, transgender people can be godparents at Roman Catholic baptisms, witnesses at religious weddings, and receive baptism themselves. The Vatican's doctrinal office said on Wednesday, responding to questions from a bishop. Now, that may seem like no big thing to a lot of religions, but to Catholicism, that's an earthquake. And um, because 
because in the Roman Catholic faith, there have been certain rock-solid traditions that you could count on, and, you know, man and a woman were a man and a woman, and there was no, there was no equivocating, there was no gray area. You knew where you stood. This is how it was for centuries. All of a sudden, this guy comes along with his leftist leanings, and he, uh, he just change, changes stuff. So it's going to, you know, there are a lot of people in Catholicism, I, can, I know friends of mine, who they, they, they still believe in, in the tenets of the faith, but they don't believe in the way it's being handled right now. They just, they, some of them have left the Catholic Church altogether, gone to evangelical churches, gone to non-denominational churches. Some have gone to other religions. But, you know, when you go to, like, uh, the Anglican Church or the Episcopalian Church, you know, when I was a kid, they used to call uh, Episcopalians, they were Roman Catholic light because mm-hmm. they if you walked into an Episcopalian service or an Anglican service, it was like walking into a Catholic Mass. It was almost identical. I mean, they they were in some ways more advanced with how they presented the service. But their tenets aren't any different. They are socialists too. You know, they have they've gone to the left. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people a lot of people are left in the darkness. They don't know where to go. And what I would suggest to those people is my father used to say to me, and it's so true, my dad was a brilliant guy. I know you couldn't tell by the offspring that he had, meaning me, but my dad was a, a lawyer and a common sense guy, World War II vet, combat vet. He said, you know, you can't fix something by leaving it. And I used to, nope. think, I used to think, you know, you know, you're right. You can't fix it by leaving it. Not that you're going to fix it by yourself, but you don't have to believe what this guy just threw down at you from Rome. You can discard it. Believe the tenets that you feel are truthful and honest and religious, and you know, and the and the ones the the smoke that he's throwing down from Rome. Ignore it. Just ignore it. You have that choice. You know. I go along with that. So, I don't mean to sound like I'm doing a. Uh, uh, catechism or a Bible study, but uh, I, I mean, it's important stuff. And for a lot of people who are Catholic, it's confusing this morning, you know? Yeah, it is. A couple of things mm-hmm. uh, I'll mention, you know, uh, people talk about election fraud. There was no fraud. Obviously, it's going on. It's going on today and now uh, because in the New England states, there's a judge that, you know, said, yeah, and a Democratic judge too, saying, yeah, there's fraud, and it was Democratic fraud where they caught people stuffing ballots and whatnot, and yeah. they're prosecuting. But a uh, big story is uh, up in Michigan, you know, oh, the election wasn't stolen, but things did flip, right? Yeah. Well, now apparently articles of impeachment filed against lawless Michigan Attorney General uh, Nessel yeah. for refusing to file charges in uh, Muskegon. A uh, fraudulent voter registration operation using her position to punish political enemies and protect uh, the uh, Democratic uh, treasurer from prosecution. So up there where it was going on, some brave Republicans said, you know what, this, this, this so-and-so, we've had it. She's mm-hmm. done. We're, she's cooked. So they filed the articles of impeachment. She's just all smirky. They're like, yeah, you, you can't get me. It'll be interesting to see what happens with it. But you know what? That was her job to do. There was fraud. Doesn't matter what side it comes from, you prosecute it. Think about it, though. We're starting to see 
the term uh, impeachment thrown around in a number of different areas. You just mentioned that impeachment. Uh, We're talking about uh, the articles from impeachment that that Marjorie Taylor Greene has presented in Mm -hmm. the House of Representatives against Mayorkas. Uh, People are starting to say, wait a second, uh, let's hold these people personally accountable now. You know, let's not wait to the elections. Let's get them out of there now. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Bill, over the weekend, uh, a lot of stuff is going to continue. We talked very little about the war. You know, one of the big stories, we're running over here, folks, but bear with us. One of the stories, that you may have heard about this, there was a freelance uh, reporter who went into Israel with Hamas. He is, I guess, a Palestinian himself, but he went in as a reporter for CNN, for Reuters, mm-hmm. he was he, he and and he actually had knowledge of what they were going to do. He took pictures of it, and in one scene, he has actually in, he has a hand grenade in his hand, and he's a reporter. and And people are saying, "Wait a second, if he's a reporter and he's supposed to be an objective observer, what's he doing with a grenade in his hand?" You know, oh, that's a good question. Uh, so, and, and see, no, of course, a, oh, AP was the other one. Uh, they were all trying to say, well, he was a freelancer and he's no longer working with us. And we use a number of different freelancers around the, the country and the world. But, uh, you know, he. Wow. You know what? How, what a way to make a story or turn a story if your reporter is on the other side and going, all right, there's some innocent kids there. Yeah. Let's go ahead and make it look like. Here, toss that grenade over there. Oh, did you get that picture? Yeah. yeah. Now we'll we'll rewrite that story. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a that's a sad statement. Yeah, we we are not being told that the the media is not terribly honest these days, folks, about a lot of stuff, about a lot of stuff, and uh, that's why programs like ours uh, have a value, not just ours, but like ours, because we kind of go through, we sift the information. And we find out the stuff that is honest, we think, and we present it to you and we talk to you about it. And you know, I know if you've made it this far in the program that you're a loyal fan. We have a lot of fans out there. Uh, but if you're a loyal fan, then I, I ask you to do one thing. Share the program with five people. And if they become loyal to the show, you share it with five people. Uh, because, you know, we have a big base out there, but kind of like in the Trump-filled a lot of the political arena, even though we've been around for two years, kind of established and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to overwhelm with numbers. And we're not marketeers. You know, they can sit there and say, uh, well, we got to do this and that. The digital arena is a diff- different uh, arena than the uh, terrestrial arena. Radio. That we came yeah. From. yeah, radio. Uh, you know, hey. Well, we gotta we gotta hit in that zip code. Okay, I'll get in the van. I'll drive around. Let me grab some albums and go give them out yeah, and stuff. Yeah. It's not like that, you know. No. I can't sit there and drive to uh, you know um, whatever the zip code is in California because I'm in Pennsylvania. Yeah, we truly we truly need your help. We we do. Yeah. We need uh, our listeners' help because uh, you know we've done this with no marketing budget. It's really been word of mouth up to this point when you think about it. We've right. grown. We've grown enormously by word of mouth. You see these guys listen to this show, um, but we'd like to be bigger and have more of an effect. And and we can't if we don't get the word out. You know, yeah. uh, we 
We don't make any money doing this. As a matter of fact, we have we spend our money doing this. Uh, we spend chunks of our money doing this, uh, and we may have to address that in the near future too, Bill. I think you know just because well, it, it's not cheap. Uh, no, but, it's not. I mean, I know damn well, you know, because uh, the hosting. Uh, but it's important. It's important yeah. what we're doing because. There are so many liars out there with big budgets. That's the mm. truth, folks. There are a lot of big news operations. They have millions of dollars in budgets, and they use that money. And essentially, they're lying to you. They're not giving you an honest uh, evaluation of what's going on. Anyway, my friend, we've I agree. we've done it. Another show in the can. Tomorrow we do a weekend update. A lot of things happening over the weekend. I would think uh, we should all keep our eye on the Middle East. Uh, also, uh, we should keep our eye on what's happening. Uh, North Korea is uh, cozying up to uh, China and Russia. You know, uh, they're starting to all be buddy buddies. Thanks to Joe Biden and his administration who have done everything to screw things up. Well, I can tell you this. The weekend here, the media crap storm will start to flow somewhere around 2 or 3 o'clock this afternoon because the, a lot of the media, yeah. you know, uh, goes home and, uh, you know, everything gets turned off, which is why we do the weekend update. Otherwise, we would take uh, that day off to buy uh, this just in, though. I, I see from um, Australia they have a kangaroo shortage. Do you know that? No. No. Well, really. yeah, apparently, well, apparently they've isolated that the problem uh, is coming from New York, Angeron's Court, you know. A lot of their kangaroos are loose, and never mind. Kangaroo <laughs> court, boy, that's a that is a stretch. I think we should wrap this one up. Eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. Mail at it's another day dot com. Mail at Jim and Bill dot com and Jim and Bill at mail dot com. I'm gonna get my kangaroo on out of here, and you know what the kangaroo says? What? Don't you? What? 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 Hasta la vista, baby. We're out of here. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>